you all, have, all know, all remember this little, little fella, good friend of mine. And so the first volunteer I need is someone who's prepared to talk sensibly. That's probably not you, Charlotte. Um, Charlotte's a very good friend of mine and I love her dearly. Joelle, would you like to come up? I saw you going, me, me, me. No? You could send, you could send Anita. I promise this part, this volunteer, you won't be made fun of anything or anything. Okay, this is, yep, yeah, no, I won't, I won't. Do you remember this? Have you seen, oh, you don't remember. I'd like you to just to open that up. It's fine, it's just a wooden box. And check it and, and, and confirm to everybody that it is just a wooden box with a painted wooden block inside. Take the block out. It's nothing, nothing will happen. Just a plain wooden block. It's solid, isn't it? There's no, no tricks. Yep, okay. There's no hidden cameras in the box, no flaps, nothing like that. It's just a plain wooden box. Thanks, Joel. She confirmed that, all right? Plain wooden box. Yeah, you can. Thank you very much. Big hand for Joel. We'll put that over there for later. Today I wanted to talk about something that that's, um, crops up for me quite a bit um, from time to time. And it, when I start thinking about it, it, it leads me down paths and memories which are slightly uncomfortable, I'll be honest. Um, and it's about how does God see us and how does God interact with us? Um, and I guess all of us will have had experience of, of God and the interaction with him. Um, and a lot of us probably have similar doubts to me, unless you're really lucky and I kind of hope you are. But how does God see us? Um, the key verse for us in this one is out of First Samuel. Now this is where Samuel has gone, um, gone to find a replacement king for Saul. He's gone to David's family and he's been introduced to David's big brother. Now David's big brother is an impressive specimen. He's big, he's strong, he's handsome. Most of the things I'm not. Ideal king material. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't be impressed by his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. God does not view things the way people do. People look on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Now I need my second volunteer. Now you might be prepared, I might make fun of you. If you get it wrong, I might make fun of you. Elliot, would you like to come up and help me please? If Elliot fails, I'd need to get another volunteer. All right. You're a clever chap, aren't you? Pretty intelligent, so I'm told. No? Oh, never mind. All you have to do is take the block out of the box, choose a colour, put the bo block back into the box with the colour showing, you understand? Put the show it to everybody, put the lid on the box, and put it back in my hands. Okay, you understand? Oh, there you go. I'll give you the, you need to hold the lid. It'll tip out. There you go. Right, you need the box. And you need the lid. Okay. Now I'm going to turn my back so I don't see it. Remember, once you've chosen, put it back in the box, show everybody else, put the lid on, and then put the box in my hands. Remembering that we are on quite a tight time limit. <laughs> there are only six colours.
Right. Put it in my hands. Put it in my hands. Thank you. Right. You want to sit down now? That's right. Thanks. Thank you very much. Big hand for my, my, my help for helpful Elliot. So he's gone and chosen a colour, which you all know what it is, right? And on the outside, this box is a little weather beaten, a little water stained because it sat on a windowsill in the wet weather. It's a bit old. It was meant to be painted nicely, but it never made it that far. Um, but it, it's, it's a bit precious to me because I first learnt this illusion back when I was about 19, I think. A friend taught it to me. And it's, um, it, it, it is about illustrating about how God sees what's inside. Because the colour that Elliot chose, that I obviously can't see, was... Green. No. What? <laughs> now. No. No. All right. Again. Obviously, have to do this more than once. <laughs> now you know what to do, don't you, Charlotte? Yeah. If you don't put the block in there, I'll knock your block off. <laughs> just telling, just saying. I know you, Charlotte. All right. So you know what you do. Right. Off she goes. Choosing a colour, putting it in the box, showing the audience, putting the lid on, putting it back in my hands. Got it? By the way, you did really well not to yell out the colour. I've had that happen before. It's an intelligence test for the audience sometimes. Yep, righto, Charlotte. Big hand for Charlotte. Thank you, Charlotte. Yay. Now, once again, we're faced with the dilemma of the outside. Now, because this is an illustration about how God sees us, make no mistake that God sees the outside. He sees this. He's probably not impressed, but he loves it anyway. He sees that, and he, oh, he loves that. He sees what we are on the outside, what the appearances we put on. Make no mistake, he sees those things. But First Samuel tells us that that's not what he's concerned about. What he's really concerned about is what's inside, what's in our heart. Now Charlotte, and it's not really fair because I know Charlotte so well, I kind of know what colour she's going to pick anyway. But, because of course she chose gold, didn't she? This is not a very complicated trick, I must tell you. No, I won't tell you to do it. <laughs> Illusionists never tell. <laughs> no. <laughs> I can't fill up the entire sermon doing the same magic trick again and again. What we do. Now, obviously, God can see into our hearts without the use of their tricks and illusions. I can't see into that box without knowing how to manipulate it. If I hold it like that, I can't see that. But when God looks at us, he sees this, he sees that, but he also sees all the rest. And for me that can sometimes be quite scary. And just in case we think that it was a one-off uh, back when Samuel was choosing David, Jesus also 
said this several times. And this is just, uh, now this one's from when the disciples were eating with unclean hands and the leaders of the church got upset. And Jesus says to them, when they accuse a man of blaspheming, he says, he perceived their thoughts. Why do you respond with evil in your hearts? Similarly in Mark 2, 8 and Luke 16, 15, Jesus sees into the heart, sees their thoughts. The Mark passage is where they've lowered the paralytic man on his mattress through the roof and Jesus has said, get up and walk. There's been the leaders again, the leaders of the church have said, how can you say that? Or Jesus said, your sins are forgiven. Who's this man that forgives sins? Jesus looks at their heart, sees their heart. Jesus and God, God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, sees our heart. Make no mistake about that. Have no doubt about it. There is nothing we can hide from God. It's all about the heart. <laughs> it's a healthy heart. And you know, just like this cube has six colours, and they are randomly chosen, I, I, I promise you. And I also promise you that you can't feel any difference on the surface, just in case you thought that was how I did it. But just whatever colour we show, and we, if we stretch the, the, the illustration a bit further, we sometimes show that to people, what we're showing, what, we, what we've got inside in our hearts. That's the bit we might not mind people knowing. But what about the rest? And the other thing is, the heart is the key, but what's in the heart shows on the outside. If we're angry, that shows. If we're jealous, that can be pretty hard to hide too. If we're scared of something, we're greedy, if we love money, if we're down, if we're depressed, if we're finding life hard, all of those things we can hide from people, and I've got to use this, the same colours for multiple things, we can pretend that all's sunny and well, when the reality is we're struggling, we can't hide it from God. God sees all of that. And he loves us just the same. He knows whatever we're feeling and loves us just the same. Jesus made clear that point about how important our heart's attitude are. Um, when he was having one of his arguments with the Pharisees about the rules that they'd set up about clean food and unclean food, he made this point. He said, listen, listen to me, everyone, and understand there is nothing outside of a person that can defile him by going into him. Rather, it is what comes out of a person that defiles him. And he went and explained that parable that, that to his disciples a bit later. And he said, what comes out of a person defiles them? For from within, out of the human heart, come evil ideas, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, evil, deceit, debauchery, envy, slander, pride, and folly. All these evils come from within 
and they are what defiles a person. It's really important what our heart's condition is. And God knows it all, which is a great thing and a scary thing. In Joel, the Lord said to Israel at, at a point when they were in, in, in one of their periods of trouble, of which there were many, Yet even now, the Lord says, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Tear your hearts, not just your garments. Return to the Lord your God. The Lord isn't interested so much in the outward signs, although they should come, they should and do reflect what's in our hearts. But he's interested in that heart condition, that heart change. So what do we do if our heart's not in great shape? Happens to us all, I'm sure. I remember back to a time before cell phones, before TikTok and Facebook and all of that. Prehistory for a lot of you, I know. A time when I was a youth pastor in Wellington at Karori Baptist Church. And we'd um, go away as part of the youth pastoring thing. We'd go away for, for a week at one point in the year and then two weeks later in the year for a youth pastor training. And these were fantastic. We'd go away with a whole bunch of youth pastors. We'd share war stories. We'd uh, encourage each other. We'd pray for each other. We'd delve into scripture. We'd, we'd look at all sorts of great stuff. The inevitable result of that was that you're drawing closer and closer to God. Now, one of those times, there was something in my life, and the issue doesn't really matter, but I really felt the Holy Spirit needling me about it, and he wanted to... I really felt clearly that God wanted to help me deal with this. And to help me understand it, he, he, he showed me a picture, if you like, and it was a, of a corridor in a house with a whole lot of doors. And I was walking through it with God, and we were going into one door. Yep, I'm showing him the house of my heart. Go down the corridor, looking in the rooms. Yeah, that's fine. Come to the store that's locked. What's in there? Oh, you don't want to go in there. No, I do. What's in there? Oh, Lord, you really don't want to go in there. Come look at this room, the bathroom. It's clean. You don't want to go in there. That particular time, this happened a couple of times actually, but on that occasion, it took three days, the same experience three times before I finally let God in. I was ashamed of what was in there. And I forgot that God already knew what was in there. There was no surprise for him. He wanted to clean that room, and he did, when I finally let him. And this brings me to perhaps one of the most significant things I learned through all that was the way God treats us. And it's summed up in this verse in Revelations. Listen, I'm standing at the door and knocking. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come into, come into his home or her home and share a meal with them and they with me. And we often hear that about making a decision to come to Christ, to become a Christian, a salvation decision. But this is the way Jesus continues and God continues to treat us. When there's something in our life which isn't right, he might identify it, put his finger on it, but he's still like this, going, Ian, Nate, Helen, 
here I am, I'm knocking on the door. I want to deal with what's in there, but you have to let me in. God does not impose. He always gives us the choice to whether we let him in. Let him do his cleansing work. Let him do his healing work. Let him restore us. The great thing is there's nothing that's impossible for, impossible for him. And as we sang that song, Graves into Gardens, we're saying that God wants to swap all the nasty stuff, graves, bones, for good stuff, for gardens, for armies, ashes. He wants to swap that for a crown, it says in Isaiah. He wants to give us the oil of joy instead of mourning. The Lord has such good things in store for us. There is a caveat on that one. There are things that we take to, we go to God with and we say, Lord, I've got this issue, this problem. It bugs me. It's with me. It keeps annoying me. It never goes away. And sometimes God doesn't take that away. And we shouldn't be too worried about it, nor should we be overly surprised. Because Paul had an issue. And if you read the letters from Paul, he talks about it several times, about the thorn in his side, which the Lord never took from him. We don't know what that thorn was. Sometimes God will not take those things away from us. He will, however, walk with us through them. He will, however, stay with us while we deal with them. We do need to remember that it's his program, it's his timetable, it's his plan. He never imposes, always gives us the option. And he cares so very, very deeply about the state of our hearts and about what that shows us. I often wish that I had some way of changing the outside of this box to use it for another illustration about how the outside really doesn't matter. But I'm kind of glad that it's a bit battered. It's a wee bit like me, going a bit um, frayed around the edges. I really should make a new box for it. I think overall I'm glad that God can see exactly what I'm like inside, even though some of those things aren't very nice. And I'm really, really glad that he loves me just the same. Father, help us to be honest with you. Help us to be open with you. Help us to listen for when you knock on the door of our hearts, when you want to come in do a bit of housekeeping in our souls. Help us to be ready to let you in, to accept your correction, to accept your healing, to accept your restoration. Father, thank you that we, we know that you love us. You will always love us. And thank you that you only have our best interests at heart. In Jesus' name.